0: crawlers started taking over to-go beer packaging, it was only a matter of time before someone started making a version of a can-seamer that is more achievable for the home brewing community. About a year ago, October Design started producing a homebrew version of their can-seamers, and it started to become a reality on the homebrew scene. Today, I have Dennis Grum, CEO of October Design, and he is going to talk to us about all things home canning, today on Homebrewing DIY. All you need to do is head to our website, homebrewingdiy.beer, and click on the Brewfather banner to sign up for free today. Once again, that's homebrewingdiy.beer, and sign up for Brewfather today. Have you ever wanted to make a podcast? Do you have a subject you want to discuss with listeners? Do you even know where to start? Well, if you want to make a podcast and you want to get started now, I could not recommend Anchor enough. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. Creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast. So it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, and many more. And you can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Hey, look, I shopped around for a place to post my podcast, and Anchor was the easiest, most streamlined experience you could ask for. So if you're looking for a place for your new podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Once again, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back to Homebrewing DIY, the show that takes on the do-it-yourself aspect of homebrewing. Gadgets, contraptions, and parts. This podcast covers it all. On today's show, we're going to talk to Dennis Grum, the CEO of October Design, about how you can start canning your homebrew. But first, I want to talk about our homebrew hack show. We have a ton of submissions, and we may not get to them all. I'm going to have Evan Sherlock, president of the old town mash paddlers joined me for the last show of the year to help read and discuss all of your different hacks the deadline to get them in was december 10th evan and i will read between the two of us and we will get some of the best hacks and we're going to send you a homebrewing diy logo sticker make sure you listen to the last show of 2019 and see if we read your homebrew hack on the air Now I want to thank all of our supporters on Patreon. You're the group of people that keeps this show alive and on the air. If you like this show coming to you every week for free, you can directly support this show by going to patreon.com forward slash homebrewingdiy and give it any level. If you give it the smallest level of a dollar a month, you can get access to our Patreon RSS feed and get early access and ad-free access to the show. We'll also send you a thank you note and a homebrewing DIY sticker. We're only having the RSS feed access available for the first 20 patrons at the $1 level. So head over to patreon.com forward slash homebrewing DIY and sign up today. This is the best deal on ad-free access for a short limited time. Once we hit 20, you'll have to give it a $5 a month level to get the ad-free access. Another way to support the show is go to homebrewingdiy.beer and do your shopping at Adventures in Homebrewing or sign up for our sponsor, Brewfather. If you use those links, it will support us and it will also have zero difference in the cost to you. If you have a holiday gift for yourself or for another homebrewer, you can get them there and support the show. If money's not the way you want to support us, you can always write us a review. You can head over to Apple Podcasts, Podchaser.com, or Stitcher and give us a five-star review and let other homebrewers know that you love this show. If you've listened to our last show with Chip Walton of Chop and Brew, you may have heard me talking about my fermented hot sauce. Well, I just want to let the listeners know that I finished my batch and it turned out really tasty. It's so good and it's got great heat. It tastes amazing and it's got a good amount of acidity and some garlic flavor too. I found a recipe on Homebrewing Association's website, and I'm going to add a link to this show notes so that if you want to give hot sauce a try, you can. Okay, now we're done with announcements, so let's jump into today's show, and we're going to talk to Dennis Grum, the CEO of October Can Seamers, about canning your homebrew. I did have some issues with the audio on this show, and the internet was cutting in and out, so I tried to fix it as well as I could, but please bear with me, so let's get talking to Dennis Grum on Homebrewing DIY. I'd like to welcome Dennis Grum from October Cam Seamers. He's the CEO, and he joined us today on Homebrewing DIY. DIY. Welcome.
1: Oh, it's nice to be here.
0: Awesome. Well, I, I'd really like to thank you for uh, joining us on today's show. And uh, really, I think we should just jump right into uh, some questions. I think uh, the best place to start is going to be, you know, why would you want a can versus bottle if you're a homebrewer?
1: I think, you know, we, we got started in this crazy project basically um, from hearing from friends and, and us doing the same of, you know, having uh, cleaning bottles being just the worst part of brewing. Um, and so we decided, well, what if you could do cans? And, um, you know, that was, you know, basically how we got into this. So I would say cleaning bottles is number one thing. Um, the The cool factor is obviously, you know, probably... Top of the list as well, you know, the first time you fill a can and uh, crack it open and, and drink it, it's just kind of this really cool feeling like, wow, I made it. I have a can of my own beer, right?
0: Yeah, it's, it's kind of got that uh, feel of like, hey, it's a packaging that feels finished, if that makes, does that make sense?
1: Yes, absolutely. It's It's just kind of, you know, not that long ago, even, you know, craft breweries weren't putting their stuff in cans. So it kind of still has this like new fresh feeling
0: yeah totally. It, it, one question I would have is there any type of uh, advantages to canning versus bottling other than cleaning uh, when it comes to you know stability or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know light ingress is is better with a uh, can. Not that you know a bottle if you keep it in, in, stored in the dark, that's okay too. but uh, uh, beyond that, um, just the you know, light weight of cans so you can take them anywhere so you can take them to you know, give a six pack to your buddy and not expect to have to get your bottles back.
0: Um, yeah. Which is always nice. I feel like I, right now in my fridge, I have some bottles from a buddy and of course he's like, I need my bottles back. And you know, if, if he were to hand me a can, it would be like, Hey, here you go. Enjoy the beer. Let me know what you think. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. yeah. so, so you know, obviously, I, I think most people who listen to the show or at least some of us have, have been to a brewery where they have maybe a canning line and it's a pretty big project. W- what are some of the design challenges taking something that is on such a huge scale and scaling it down to a home brewing level?
1: Well, the, the main difference between our machine and a canning line is just the automation of it. So our machine does the exact same thing that the actual seamer does in a big canning line, but that's just such a small part of an actual canning line. The canning line itself has all these tracks and and depalletizing systems, and the filler systems are all automated. And, and, and so that's where all the complication comes into, into canning with a canning line. And that's kind of where our design was, was, well, we only need the seamer part. And that's actually fairly simple. It's got to be really precise, so there's some design challenges there. But beyond that, you're just taking these two rollers and infeeding them into the top of the can to seal it. So that's where we kind of differed from all the other canning systems that were out there.
0: Okay, and so it's, it, the, the seamers that you do are only the seamers. So if I were to be a home brewer and I were going to start canning, why don't you walk me through what the process is for example, if I were to start from an empty can, an empty lid, your seamer, how do I fill it up? What does that process normally look like and and how, what are the steps?
1: Yep. So you start with an empty can. Um, you want to sanitize that, dip it in a bucket of sanitizer, just like you would a bottle or anything else. Um, you want to CO2 purge the can in most cases, um, unless you're maybe doing like you can can condition, which is kind of cool where you you know put some priming sugar in there to carbonate it. but if you've already forced carbonate it, you want to uh, spray a little CO2 into the can, and that'll give you a barrier between the oxygen outside of the can and the beer on the inside. Um, then you want to use a bottom fill tube or a, or a beer gun. Um, also helps with the CO2 purge. So you bottom fill the can. Um, make sure that the fill level is basically to the top. Um, if you When you put that cap on there, if you push a little beer out, that's all the better. The, the less headspace, uh, the better. Um, and then a big factor is just getting that cap on as fast as you can. As soon as you fill it, put the cap on there. And then also, you know, don't take your time getting the can from where you filled it into the seamer to get sealed. And that's pretty much
0: it. Yeah. And, and that's pretty much it. And one of the things that, uh, you know, when it comes to your approach to designing that entire process, what was the, you know, what was the big, I would say, what was the big challenge for you in the design process to kind of make it scale down to just the seamer?
1: Uh, so the, the the biggest factor is even though the, the machine itself is really simple, it's the the precision involved in all those little moving parts that are connected with the roller and the parts that make the can spin. Um, my background is in precision machine design. So that was kind of where this whole thing came, came up as a cool idea. And I just happened to have a set of skills that allowed me to design a machine to do those specific things. Um, and beyond that, it's just, you know, making something that we can produce over and over and get the same results. So, you know, minimizing how many parts were in the machine and really chipping away at the design for a while and really coming up with something that's robust and simple, something that, you know, our machines are basically, anybody can look at it and see how it works. And that was kind of a goal of ours. We didn't want it to be overly complicated.
0: Yeah. So the idea is that if I were to go down to uh, a shop or buy it from you directly, uh, when I purchased that seamer, I got at home, it's going to have very few instructions to kind of walk me through that process. Right.
1: Yep. They come set up and ready to go. So they're calibrated out of the box and most people can seal a can on their first try. You know, there's a pretty simple set of instructions. We got some videos on our website, um, that show you how to run it, but basically you're just lifting a handle which clamps the can in place. And then there's the, um, the operation handle that basically moves those little rollers. And there's a, you know, right side and a left side, super simple to use. Awesome.
0: What, what are, uh, how, uh, how do you, how do you, what, what, how do we get cans? Uh, I know that, uh, like if I look at your website, obviously we can buy cans from you. Um, but is there a certain design of can that needs to be used with your seamer? Is it specific?
1: Uh, no, it's not It's not specific. Pretty much all the manufacturers out there d- make their cans to the same set of specifications. So whether you're getting cans from Ball or Crown or Rdog or any of the manufacturers, they're all going to be, they'll all work in our machines. Um, it's It can be difficult to get cans um, in smaller quantities. That's why we sell them. But uh, a lot of our customers will you know, ask a local brewery if they, you know, if they got their friends with them or something like that. They can grab a couple layers off a pallet or anything like that. They're, but Wherever you get cans, our machine will can be set up to use them,
0: okay. so normally, if I were a brewery, I would have to buy pallets of cans, and if I'm a home brewer to buy like a couple hundred cans is probably pretty tough,
1: yeah, I mean, that's why we sell them, and you know we try to keep our margin down on them just to get them out there. We know our customers need cans, so we ship them all over all over the country all the time.
0: that's awesome and and I some of the feedback that i've personally seen online and i i gotta be very clear i've never personally canned uh I, it's something i definitely want to do one day uh but i you know mainly just keg and if i need to take something i just grab a growler and go but the idea is that uh w- one of the things that i've seen is that you know yes when you're canning it can be a little messy um, you know, you can kind of get beer everywhere. What are some good tips and tricks that you've seen to have a, a good kind of canning process if you're going to do a whole batch?
1: Uh, to do a whole batch, um, you know, probably one of the biggest tips is just to wear an apron. Uh, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get beer kind of around the area no matter what. Um, so, you know, when we set our stuff up, we basically set it up, we have a, like a stainless steel kitchen table that we set it up on and. You know, you just kind of squeegee it off if you need to. And don't worry about getting messy for an hour while you're canning.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Have you have you ever had people have any issues? Like, what are some of the common issues that people have with a a canning system that you've seen in the wild or why people um, can struggle with a canning system?
1: Um, so the we, the the home brewer seamers that we we sell actually are um, even easier to deal with the, the professional ones we sell. The main thing is just keeping them clean. One um, you know when we sell one for to a brewery, they're often using it behind the bar, so it's all the bartenders using it day in and day out. And, and most of our customers are awesome; they keep it super clean. But that's probably the main thing: is you want to um, just keep it wiped down. Don't use any caustic cleaners or anything. Water with a little sanitizer in—it's all it needs. Um, and then there's a the shaft that lifts up the can itself um, can be pulled out and put a little keg grease on it. Um, but the homebrew ones—that's the nice thing about working in this industry—is homebrewers take care of their stuff. You know, that's kind of a main main thing. If you don't if you don't take care of your equipment, you're not going to make good beer. And homebrewers respect that. So really, they they've been you know super reliable. We don't really have many things go wrong with them. Um, just keep it clean is probably my number one,
0: uh, yeah, I, yeah. And when I, and when I look at kind of, uh, the October seamers, they look like pretty robust pieces of equipment. They, they look very sturdy. They're not plastic. These are, uh, you know, what kind of construction do you use in building those seamers?
1: Um, it's all machine steel and laser cut steel parts. Um, so yeah, they're, it's an industrial design. Like my, my background is in um, industrial precision machines. So I I took everything that I learned from that and pretty much put it into this. I, we, we don't want a service department. We don't want to have to ship machines back and forth all the time and fix them. So we basically designed it from the beginning, knowing that this is a thing that's going to work for a long time. And any little things you got to do to adjust it or make happen, the, the end customer is going to be able to do it.
0: If you were to use like cheaper materials to construct it, like for example... If if you were to put out like a plastic seamer, because it's such a, a precision piece of equipment, it wouldn't last very long because of the type of uh, uh, equipment it is, right?
1: Yeah. Well, and and the the forces involved in sealing the can itself are actually really high. Even just clamping the can, so when you when you put the can in there and clamp it in place, that clamping force is about one hundred and ten pounds. Um, so that can has actually taken an axle load of 110 pounds. So that, that force alone is, is pretty robust. And then the force involved in actually driving those rolling seam, the seam rollers into the can is, is pretty high, hundreds of pounds. Um, the, the motor on them is a quarter horsepower, and it needs a quarter horsepower to run, which is about as much as somebody pedaling a bike as hard as they can. So it's, it's, a, it's a piece of equipment that has to be really robust just because of the forces involved.
0: Wow. That, that actually really is kind of astonishing to me that it takes that much force to real, but in all reality, you're, you're kind of bending a big hunk of metal to keep it in place permanently. Right. Yeah, against the pressures of like, uh, multi-atmospheres of, uh, CO2.
1: Yeah. You're, you're pushing it together and you're not just bending that thin aluminum. You're actually really crimping it down and, and pinching it into itself to get that seal to, to seal every time.
0: How long have you been personally homebrewing? What 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 is that? Uh, you know, I, it seems to me like you started out homebrewing and and kind of worked your way into this. You know, what what's your background in brewing?
1: So I don't. I don't uh, brew myself very much. I help a lot of my friends brew. I've always been that guy, um, which is how I got into this. I saw all the you know all my friends you know having a problem with uh, bottling, cleaning bottles um having said that um we have a bunch of guys that work here at the shop that are brewers and uh, we're uh getting a 10 gallon electric up for the for our shop here so we're going to be starting to brew some stuff in the next month or so
0: that's awesome and where where are you guys located
1: uh grand rapids michigan we just moved here about four months ago we were in uh, muskegon which is on the coast uh before that
0: that's awesome and then uh in in I mean, Michigan has a great beer scene and, uh, obviously a great homebrew scene. Uh, you know, what, what kind of, when you guys get your 10 gallon system, what, what kind of beers are you guys going to make?
1: Oh man, the, uh, actually the first thing we ever, um, made to can, we, we, uh, brewed a porter and, uh, we ended up, so it, it was a great porter. And what we did was we took uh, bourbon barrel staves and, and kind of little ones about the size of a quarter, maybe and put them in every can and then and canned it and aged it for a year and uh, i I definitely want to get back to doing fun things like that we're actually putting other things in the can it's just kind of another cool reason to can and uh, do it differently but it imparted a ton of of good bourbon barrel flavor and after a year it was super smooth and
0: (laughs) that's awesome and then uh it yeah let's talk about like Yes, we're talking about canning beer, but obviously you can can pretty much any carbonated beverage, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, at at the end of the day, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, Uh, so, you know, I'm starting to see things like uh, hard seltzer kits coming out. If you wanted to can hard seltzer, you can make your own White Claw. Uh, (laughs) My wife would like that, not me so much. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, everyone's on a a
1: sunny day. day. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah exactly uh, you know it is only a hundred calories and still five percent alcohol i guess it does have that there you go <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh you know what what's the what's the future of october look like uh you know are you uh obviously you guys are uh doing brewery seamers you're doing uh you're you're doing home brewing seamers is there you know a place that you feel that uh what success looks like for you
1: uh, well, like you know, right now I feel like, especially with the homebrewing seamer, it's we're just like kind of at the tip of the iceberg, as far as getting you know people to even know that you can, you know, can your own homebrew. Um, so I think we got a lot long way to go there as far as just uh, you know showing people the benefits of it and uh, just showing people how fun and cool it is to be able to can your own stuff. Um, uh, as far as like the uh, you know the craft brewing market goes. Um, that's, you know, that market's been really good for us and definitely going to keep, keep rolling with that. Um, but, uh, we're starting to move more into other countries. So like South America is starting a pretty big craft brewing scene. Um, Europe is, is already pretty big. Norway is our, one of our biggest customers. Everybody in Norway seems to be a home brewer and like a hardcore home brewer at that. So, um, trying to move out a little bit there, but in the U S still, um, you know canning homebrew is still a pretty fresh new thing so we're kind of excited just to keep getting the uh getting the word out
0: yeah the the global aspect of homebrewing is kind of mind-blowing to me um just from having a podcast how how much response i get from south america is really it kind of blew me away once i started kind of putting myself out there and uh I don't know uh, if you listen to my last episode, um, if you're listening to this show for the first time, I actually did a really amazing interview with uh, uh, chip from uh chop and brew on his trip to Norway. And uh, it's pretty cool. What's going on in Norway when it comes to the homebrew scene there, um, obviously Kvike, which is a cool yeast that's out right now is really kind of taken even our uh, our homebrewing uh seen by storm and it's really kind of driven from uh that culture where everybody's generally a homebrewer there right
1: oh yeah it's it's crazy there and uh and they, they seem to be really uh into just doing wild things and you know there's no no rules they just want to make good cool beer
0: yeah exactly uh you know it when it comes to the the kind of can seamers that you're doing um in the brewery obviously you're probably mainly doing uh uh, at least at the brewery level, it's it's probably mainly like crawlers and things like that, right?
1: Um, but beyond the crawler thing, that's that's our probably our biggest uh, part of the market. But a ton of our customers are actually using our machines just for small production runs. Um, you know, we've got tons of customers that have put a hundred thousand cans through one of the, one at a time on our seamers. Um, they'll use them for you know doing some cases. They'll bring to local beer stores. Um, a lot of them will use it to make uh, distribution samples. So they'll make little kits of distribution samples and take them to restaurants and see what they like to have on tap. Um, but yeah, all kinds of different uses. Um, we have customers that are using them for canning soap. We have uh, a lot of the bigger guys. Um, we'll use our seamers to can a few cans to run tests. So they'll they'll half fill a can and run it through their big canning line to make sure that the canning line catches it and kicks it out of the out of the flow. Um, so they're using all kinds of different industries. It's, it's actually pretty crazy to look at who our customers are today.
0: Yeah, and well, and the thing is, though, even though yeah, at a homebrew level, when we look at your can sealers, they are a few hundred dollars. Um, they're they're at a homebrew level a, a significant investment, but I don't think overly priced. But when you get into the uh, um, the the brewery sp- sp- space, where you're talking um, like a brewery sized or an industrial sized uh, seamer that you do is you know a couple thousand dollars in comparison to a canning line which is you know could be in some cases hundreds of thousands of dollars it's actually pretty inexpensive right
1: yeah and it it gives them a chance to get started in canning you know you can say okay do we want to can or are we going to go down this distribution path And is this a good thing for our business and they they have to decide are we going to spend two years profit on it or are they can just buy one of our machines and you know stick their toes in the water and, and and see if it's right for them and see if their customers you know respond to it
0: yeah and then if canning takes off great you're going to go invest in a canning line and then you still have yeah, the absolutely. seamer for whatever use cases you need it for example like yep. you just said samples right so it still has yep, use exactly. even if you get a canning line
1: absolutely right
0: yep. and then um you know I know that there's like in the canning industry, there's a lot of uh businesses out there like mobile canners. Um, do you feel like some breweries have gone with your can seamers versus mobile canning?
1: There's probably a little overlap, but uh I, I feel like th- that's the the middle step. So we're you know, we're doing you can you can run 10, 12 cans per minute through our machines. Um a mobile canner would be more like 40 or 50, and and they're gonna if you got, you know five or six barrels you want to can up mobile canning is probably the best way to go um it's it's more of the convenience of having ours and in the smaller volumes like if you want to do 40 cases you can do it on ours all day long um so that i think there's a middle ground probably a, a little bit overlap but for the most part you know we don't step on our toes those guys are doing a good job and and we kind of fill that next not notch down role
0: Yeah. So like, I'm a nano brewery. I'm dipping my toes to see if canning works. Hey, it's taken off. Um, I still don't have the money to do it. Let's do some mobile canning to do our full batches and then, uh, save up some money to maybe get into a canning line later. It could be like that process, right? Yep. That's awesome. And then, uh, you know, if you were to say, uh, you know, where uh, like new products or anything like that, um, do, do you, are you, continually designing new products is is there uh, new seamers in in your future or are you guys looking to do something else
1: yeah, i mean we're, we're always paying attention to it um i would say right now the machines we're making are kind of kind of cash cows they're super reliable and you know there's not really much that can go wrong with them um so i'm i'm hesitant to make too many changes but having said that we've only had the the homebrew one out for a little over a year now so you know, always always open to ideas and, and, and things like that. We're we're always looking at uh, forums and looking at what people say about them. Um, we'll probably come out with a splash guard for our home brewery, brewing Seamer um, pretty soon. That's, you know, just to keep everything a little bit cleaner. Um, our professional models have that, and, and it's been a pretty big hit, and I don't see why we couldn't put one on the home brewer one as well. Yeah,
0: and but, then uh, – um... yeah, yeah, do you, do you feel like uh uh you know you've had a home brewer one out for a year? Um do you feel like that uh you know the early adopters out there have uh really kind of given you good feedback of what works and what doesn't work for them?
1: Yeah, definitely. We've gotten lots of feedback. It's all super positive. Um how how people are filling cans, you know, there's there's a few videos out there now that our customers have made showing how to really CO2 purge and and make sure you you know get the get the most co2 in the can so that you know least amount of oxygen um the the splash guard's been a thing that people have asked about for sure um yeah people just kind of you know we sell them and most of the time we don't hear about them ever again that's a good thing people are putting beer in cans and must be working for them
0: yeah totally and and i gotta be honest uh For me at the homebrew level, I, I I personally didn't start seeing it till, you know, about a year ago. And once I started seeing it, I was like, man, I totally want to do that. So definitely something that is in my future. Uh, you know, for me, uh, I'm kind of in that that sweet spot where it, like, yes, I keg, but I would love to, you know, make a few cans out of uh, every batch that I do so that, you know, kill the keg. And I still have that can that I can just throw in the fridge later. Like that, that that's at least my personal idea of the way i see it in my brew system um you know and but on the other side of it is i'm sure there's some people out there that probably do 100 percent canning of all their batches right
1: oh sure i mean it, it's like anything else there's nothing you know inherently wrong with bottles there's nothing definitely nothing wrong with kegging it's just another you know tool to add to your arsenal and it's i would say it's a particularly cool one and it's got a lot of benefits um i'll say nobody's ever bought one and said man this isn't for me you know they they get it <laughs> super stoked about it and that's that's uh that's pretty much the bottom line
0: that's awesome well uh you know dennis i, I want to thank you for coming on my show uh i i feel like uh i have a lot more information about canning in general um can you can you give me a bit of information about if i wanted to you know i didn't know can seamers existed and i want to go check him out where where can i go and see what uh you guys are doing
1: everything, uh all the information you need about our seamers is on our website, uh Octoberdesign dot com. It's October with a K. Um there's a bunch of videos on there, um how to the uh uh operation manuals on there. Um you can check us out on Instagram, October Design, Facebook. We got we always put up videos on there too. Pictures of what
0: little- That's awesome. And uh yeah, so I, I- All my listeners, I would say, you know, obviously, I'll put links to that in the show notes as well. So uh, if if you don't want to figure out how to spell it and then, uh, you know, you can uh, head over there and check it out on their website and check out their can seamers, check out their videos. I think you'll be surprised that the process isn't as as big as you think it is. It's actually seems like a pretty simple process. And uh, really, I don't think much harder than bottling if you're going to try to bottle well. So.
1: They're plug the steamers are plug in place. You can use them pretty much right out of the box.
0: That's awesome. Well, Dennis, thank you so much for coming on my show and, uh, you know, love to have you back sometime in the future. And uh, thanks for coming on Homebrewing DIY. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Mm-hmm. I want to thank Dennis for taking the time to join us on today's show. You can head over to octoberdesign.com and see the can seamers that they have created. And it's pretty cool stuff. Make sure you follow the show on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All of our handles are using at homebrewingDIY, one word. Well, that's it for this week. And we'll see you next week on homebrewingDIY.